What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Demetrius Frazier, and I'm back with the next episode for the Resist Booksellers podcast. We've been on this quick journey talking about how to get funding uh, for your bookstore. So, hey, you, you built your business plan. You said that you're in it to win it and you really want to see this thing thrive. And now you're looking for how do I get the money to open the doors? How do I get the money to keep the doors open when I do open the doors? So here it is. We're going to give you some good information that I think would help you uh, along the way. Things that we have learned in our journey, some things that we believe will help you uh, in your journey. Maybe some places that you never thought of, but for sure will help you uh, in your bookstore journey. So here it is. Get your pen and paper ready. We're going to knock out some some really good details uh, really quickly. So. Let's go with it. Uh, so first one, first place you want to go and get the cash to open up your store is is a weird one because it sounds like backwards, right? It's chicken and egg. You want to start with sales. The easiest place to get cash for your business in this bookstore business is sales. So how can you have sales when your doors, your store are not open? So when we say the doors are not open, we assume that's brick and mortar most of the times. Like, hey, I want to open up a store. I want to have a presence. I want to be open five, six, seven days a week. But you can also be open virtually. You can be also be open in servicing smaller needs along the way. And you can also have an online presence in other third-party solutions that could generate some income. So here's what you want to do. You want to go over and do a couple things. One, Hey, I want to start to purchase books and then sell them in a pop-up style. Pop-up style means, hey, this Saturday, I'm going to be at the farmer's market. Come down to see us. Uh, we'll have a booth there. Come down to see us at the wellness expo at the local university. Come down to see us at the church's Black History Month small business expo. In those places, what you're doing is you're setting up a storefront. You're starting to share your brand. And you're also starting to get your name out there as far as being a, a, a bookstore owner. You do those things. And what happens is you start to generate a little bit of profit. It's not going to be tremendous. You're not going to make a million dollars doing pop-ups. But one, you start to get your name out. And just a uh, free game here. You should also look to try to capture emails and phone numbers at that particular point too. So that when you do open, guess what you can do? You can now say, hey, you supported us at this pop up. Hey, also support us for the new store. They may be they may be waiting for you to do that. Uh, you can also do stuff like uh, open up a bookshop.org storefront. So you do that and you don't have to manage or sell or ship. I mean, you sell, but you don't ship any books yourself. So a bookshop does is they let you set up a storefront. And all the back end stuff happens on their platform. They give you a commission for each of those sales. And that could be a way for one, putting out the banner that you have Maria's bookstore and in Maria's bookstore, you know, selling some books that way. So here's, here's a, here's another good way you could do that. You can also buy books and sell them used. So what happens in this particular case is now you're going out and purchasing books that you find at either estate sales uh, maybe local inventory drops from, you know, whatever uh, vendor you have in your area, a bookstore maybe is another possibility. And then you're reselling those on, on the, on the internet. 
This gets you into like the logistics part of it. Now you have to ship them unless you do a pop-up, which again, you can start to marry multiple things, but all the income here now becomes seed money for your business. All right. So that's one way. Another way you can do it is obviously use your own cash. I don't like this way. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because at the end of the day, you're still a person and you still need to have your own uh, setup at home. So you need to have money for emergencies. You have money for your day-to-day lifestyle. You want to keep that protected as best as possible. You will put some of your own money in at some point, I'm sure, but don't let that be the primary sources. We're going to give you some really good primary sources. Another way, which is also a way of getting people invested in your business is tap your family and friends. You know, we're not looking for huge amounts from these people because a $25, $50 investment by 50 people, depending on how big your circle is and how big your family you know, circle is, that can be a huge amount of money in totality, but 25 a person, 50 a person is not that much. You can also manage that particular donation from them in a loan type way by setting up. And this is another platform. You can set it up as like a crowdfunding. So we set up an Indiegogo. That's the platform we use. There's some other platforms out there. And in that platform, they can loan you the money or give you the money. Right. And that can be a way, or you can say, here's another one. Uh, and, and I mentioned Indiegogo said, we're going to go pretty fast here. Another one is Kiva. K-I-V-A, V as in Victor. Kiva is a platform that does loans, but they're all 0% interest. Kiva is a little interesting, though, in that the people that they pull from are global. So Kiva's platform, you could be getting donations from Australia, donations from the UK, places that are all across the globe who really want to support your specific effort. So you got to do a really good job of selling and telling people about your story, why this is important. And those people who are on that platform are genuinely interested in supporting businesses like yours who have a, a great story to tell. The other thing there is that I, I believe there's a small connection between local business organizations and helping you getting, you know, kind of like recommended to get on the platform. So here's one of the things that as a sideline thing that I would suggest you do is get to be a part of local business organizations. So it could be your chamber of commerce. It could be a small business development center. It could be something like we have here. We have a metropolitan business league. There's so many different versions of that, most likely in your city, especially here in the U.S. It could be elsewhere whose goal, main goal, these organizations, main goal is to support and get business formation to happen in their local area. There's oodles of research on why a healthy small business uh, community is so important. We won't get into that here, but for sure what we want to do is be tapped in members, uh, going to all the seminars and workshops. They are a wealth of information, especially in this phase. They are the ones that's going to find all that information they're the ones that's going to receive it without even asking for it because people who say, hey, I want to get my my small business grant out to the public. What better way to get it out to the public than to get it to an organization whose sole purpose 
is to communicate and support small businesses. So that's why this is really important. The other thing you want to do is, is stay in touch with those organizations. Cause like we talked with Kiva, Kiva has a way where, you know, maybe there's a best way to kind of get your information on there. If you stay in touch with those organizations, they can help you through every step of the process. Our Metropolitan Business League was absolutely phenomenal in helping us get our application in, uh, make sure it was clean, make sure we had everything in there, make sure we told the right pieces because there's questions you got to answer. But at the same time, you know, you want to make sure everything is, is good for whoever is going to be looking at this to make sure the application is complete. Uh, another thing you want to do is tap into any state resources. So some of your states and cities and municipalities, especially the larger cities, will have state-run or city-run grant programs. Check out those. Um, go to your city's community or economic development office and see if there's anything there. That There almost always is because, again, back to that point that there's a lot of things that the city benefits from by having a good, uh, having a good, and healthy small business uh, community. Uh, and so those programs will work. So we got a, a grant from our state. Our state is specifically trying to invest in the community that we're in. And so we got a grant that way. Uh, one other place you want to check out that you may not have thought about is to go to some of the larger corporations that may be in your area. So Capital One has a, a fantastic small business development program. Verizon has a small business ready program. I think that's actually what the title is small business ready. Um, the, the federal reserve, uh, has different federal reserve banks across the country and those federal reserves have small business development. Uh, and you've always, you all see stuff like the FedEx program. Those are grant programs, but these particular ones that I mentioned, in Verizon and Capital One, Comcast has one called Comcast Rise. All of those things are specifically designed to not just give you the grant money, but to give you the other resources, which I know that's not giving you money, but it will save you money because you'll be more effective and it'll help you generate more income. So you can get the dual effort in, in that particular case. So definitely check those out. Uh, let's see. What else we got on the list? Check out. And this is for specifically for the bookseller community. You want to go and make sure you're a member of the trade organizations in the bookstore community. So American Booksellers Association is fantastic. It's a larger national organization. They're, they're very connected with other particular businesses. They can get you some discounts, but they're also really good about helping you get through these phases. So in the American Bookseller Association, again, back to the same thing that happened with the local business organizations, other grant and uh, financing organizations will bring in resources into American Bookseller Association because there's a captive audience. There are hundreds, if not thousands of local booksellers who are members of this. So great. If I'm looking to support booksellers. And I want to infuse that energy or infuse the funding. First place I would go to is American Booksellers Association. There's also regional versions of bookseller associations. 
So there's one for the Northeast, uh, the uh, New England area. There's one for the South. There's one for middle of the countries. So we're part of the Southern Bookseller, Independent Bookseller Association. And that's really like Virginia and North Carolina. I think South Carolina and West Virginia are in there. So conglomeration of maybe four or five states. What's nice about that is they understand the, the specific issues that we may be facing in our area. And of course, I'm dealing with booksellers who are in my region and we can connect and talk about not only the issues, but the opportunities that are specific to our region. And oh, by the way, same thing. If something comes out from the state cities that we're in, guess who's more likely to share that information? People who are right here in that same region. Sorry. So real quick, you can get money from sales, from starting your business and doing it a, a smaller way to get yourself up to the place you want to be. You can get some money uh, from your own stash. I do not recommend that early. Uh, you can get some money from uh, fr friends and family. And then also you can crowdfund platforms like Indiegogo, which those wouldn't be a loan. They would just be money coming in. You can also do uh, crowdfunded loans like Kiva, K-I-V-A, V as in Victor, A.org. You can also try to go for funding through your local state and, and uh, city organizations. You can go through funding through some of the local business uh, like Chambers of Commerce. I, I think I mentioned I don't think I mentioned that Chambers of Commerce is a great place to go. But also look at your local business support organizations. Ours, you know, one of ours is the Jackson Ward um, Collective. That's another organization here. The um, Metropolitan Business League. There's tons of those types of opportunities in different cities. And then last but not least, you want to make sure you're part of the trade organizations that also support um, support booksellers specifically. So all of those have great resources in them, right? So I specifically mentioned Capital One and Verizon and Comcast. It's not it's not an uh, exclusive list. That's not all of them. But what you want to do is you want to search for those pieces and then get to applying, right? So what are they going to ask for on those applications? So before we get to some more grant opportunities, I want you to know that you have to be organized in your information. You need to have your articles of incorporation. You need to have, you know, your, your, your state filings up to date. You need to have your business license. You need to have a lot of other things ready. So you should have the owner information. So if it's multiple people, especially if it's in a multi-member LLC or some kind of partnership, they're going to need to see that kind of stuff. So have that stuff in a book ready folder in your drive, whatever you want to do. Have that stuff ready. Have an EIN. If you don't know what an EIN is, uh, just direct message me. We can help you with that. It's a free service, but you got to have an EIN. It's an employee identification number that you get from the federal government. Really simple. It takes like five minutes, but you got to have it. That helps you with the banking stuff. So I did not mention going out and getting funding from banks. Banks can be a little fickle. Uh, local credit unions tend to be a little better because they're you know, community organizations. So when going to get funding for the bank, they're going to give you the, <laughs> the full interrogation treatment, right? That's like, Oh, well, are you going to be around in two years? I don't know. I hope so. I'm trying. 
here's my data so far. I, I think I'm on the right trajectory. Well, you know, you don't know. So this is the high risk for us. Well, we can send it to our underwriters and blah, 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 blah. They're not really, especially the big banks. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about your regionals. I'm not talking about your credit unions. I'm talking about the Bank of America as well as Fargo's, the JP Morgan's, all those people. They really don't want to deal with these little hundreds and a thousand dollar businesses. They really want to deal with the larger uh, wealth clients. So it's easier, to, easier to manage lower credit risk, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're starting out early on, unless you have a lot of things working for you, the getting of a loan from those big, big banks is going to be pretty difficult. However, on the flip side, your regional banks, your credit unions tend to be a lot more helpful. They have the first um, time business owner. They have the first time home buyers. As another example, they're really good about supporting small business. So I would start there. I would actually move my accounts there if you can, uh, if you haven't done so already. But they're going to be the ones that's going to help you with that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because I think there's so many other things that you should pursue that I want to make sure you pursue all of these and maybe as well as pursuing bank financing. Why is that? The more you can do where you don't have to pay dollar on the dollar, you're better off. So if I have to, so if I have $10 that I gotta, I gotta, you know, generate, I need in my hand, if I got $10 and I gotta pay it back a dollar at a time because there's zero interest on it. Or I have $10 and I gotta pay a dollar 25 at a time. That starts to eat at the very thin margins that a bookstore has in the first place. And so what you want, and this is, this is applicable to any business. What you want is stuff that either you don't have to pay back Number one, that's great. Number two, you want stuff that doesn't cost you to have it, right? So if I can get a 0% interest loan, which Kiva does offer, uh, and maybe some of your local you know, business support organizations would have, you want to get those first. So that way you're not eating up the margins that you're trying to generate in the beginning with having to pay interest to some, some party. Don't do it if you can avoid it. So that's why I didn't, I'm not going to spend much time on that. So if you get all your information together, you get all this stuff uh, rallied around into a package, you're going to have to be able to tell your story. So that's something that you're going to have, you know, already built in, hopefully in that business planning process. You've been using that to talk to people about your business. And so therefore, this may not be a new thing for you, but you got to have all your documents straight in, in a row. Um, one other thing that... Um, this is a on an LLC side. You want to make sure you have your 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 business formation documents there. So who owns it? Your operating agreement. You want to have all those pieces ready as well. If you're an LLC. OK, so that's really important. Make sure you talk with your local lawyer uh, specifically to get those drafted up and then you'll have a, you'll have it cleaned for as long as you need it. All right. So I got one other grant that I want everyone to pay attention to. I think it's really good for booksellers and that is Bink, B-I-N-C, B as in boy, I-N-C as in cat. Bink Foundation is the uh, website and you want to check that one out because this is specifically uh, for booksellers and looking for money either at the beginning or when you're in trouble. 
right? So here it is. You got an organization that's specifically trying to support booksellers, but also recognizing that the bookselling industry is tough. And so they're willing to, to kind of give some funding and resources where there's needed. Definitely check out Bing Foundation. They have a great website and a, and a great organization that's there to support you. So now you got all this stuff, right? You got all this information. Now what do you do with it? Get applying, right? You got to be able to work on multiple paths. So you're going to be growing your business, growing your name. You're doing all the social media posts. You're out in the public. You're making partnerships with schools and organizations. At the same time, you got to be working on this financing piece. This financing piece never goes away because think about it. It would not stop applying that you would want more infusion of cash that you don't have to pay back. Right. So I said to get money that you don't have to pay back. That's great. Well, guess what? I would love that year three, <laughs> year four. Who doesn't want free money? Right. So if they're going to give it. You want to stay in tune with who's giving it, where are these resources, and you want to stay applying for them. So get in the habit of doing this. You, you think that the bookstore business is about you sitting and having lattes with customers and talking about books. That does happen. However, you as the business owner, especially when you get to a point of having employees, you want to be able to say, hey, I am also supporting this part of making us financially stable. Two years, two years is when under two years is when most business, small businesses fail. So you want to get through that first two year phase and be viable, continually building your financial base, even if you're not profitable. Let me say that again. You want to be financially stable, even and viable, even if you're not profitable. So you may not be churning a, a profit, but at the same time, you want to be able to say, yes, we can keep the lights on. Yes, we will pay our employees. Yes, we will pay our lease or mortgage or whatever you have, because the longer you can stay in business, the more time you get to build that demand, the better you are long term. So you're going to be going into schools. You're going to be going into your local businesses. You're going to be going to conferences. That's another one that I would definitely suggest get to talking to all of these people as early as possible. It's a hard sell to tell, you know, a conference, Hey, I can, I can supply the 400 or a thousand books you have when all you've done is a, you know, a one day pop up, you know, with the six foot table. But as you start to get further and further along, since you started the relationship early, Maybe now it becomes an easier sell later because, you know, you've been talking to them for six months prior to opening and now you're open. You can revisit that conversation. One thing I would do, and this is an extra point, if you would go to the conferences in your area, go to those business conferences, the home buying conferences, the motivational speaker conferences and check out how. Those folks are selling their books. If you see that they're struggling, it seems like there's, you know, a person that's doing it, but they really are not, you know, live loving the experience. Give them a call right after the conference and say, look, I noticed that you were selling books to your attendees or your panelists were trying to make sure everyone in the audience got a book, but there was, it seemed like that was a hard thing to do. 
guess who I am? I'm a bookseller. I'm here locally. I can help you manage that and make it painless for you to handle because that's what I do, right? Give, show them your value, especially right after because, you know, most, most groups like that committees are doing a debrief. What went right? What went wrong? What are some things we definitely want to do again? What are some things we absolutely don't want to do ever, you know, in the future? So here it is. You're offering a solution that could help them with something that may be a pain point. You want to do that. You want to have that. Again, this is not financing per se. It's not going out and getting a loan. But it is a way to easily start to get some infusion of business into your bookstore. I know we don't talk about this that often. But one thing that is truly important for your business is to get your, your bookstore business. One thing that's truly important for your bookstore business is to get as much bulk business as possible. You want to start a, a bookstore? Yes, you're going to have individuals that are coming and buy one or two books, but they can't they can't support you every day, right? As as many bookstore customers that come in here that would love love nothing more than to buy an unlimited amount of books, they just can't. It's just not possible. And so you can't put that weight on that customer set. So what you need to do is service them with high quality, high quality experience. So when they think of books, they come to you. But at the same time, one of the things to keep your business going, man, we said financially viable and stable is you got to take those troughs out as best you can. So our business is very seasonal. Some months we are hot, right? Uh, November, December, as any retail can be hot. February for bookstores can be hot. It could be other months, you know, poetry month may be really hot, but there's months that are really cold. January was a little frigid. <laughs> I, I, we, we keep it real, right? January was frigid. It was a little cold. Maybe that's the New Year's resolutions. I'm not going to spend much. Maybe it's the, you know, some of the churches, they fast. So spending may be one of the fast. Maybe they're just broke from all the holiday spending. I don't know. But January is a lull. Uh, so if that's the case, what you want to do is you want to protect yourself by having some business that will keep you stable. So those conferences where they, you know, you're selling a thousand, two thousand books at a time of one or, or five titles. That's easy. That's easier to manage than trying to figure out the same amount of books or a couple hundred different customers. Same thing happens with events. Uh, an event comes in, big name author comes in through two, 300 books, maybe more depending on the author. Those are, those are gold for you because you're only having to manage the logistics for one title, maybe three titles. Cause they have multiple. You want as many of those as possible because again, it helps you, you know, not stress out. And at the same time, you can still provide that high quality customer service experience to your regular individual customers. You got to think of your business as multifaceted. And this is just one way to do so. So we always say we try to keep these things under under 30 minutes. If you have more questions, thoughts about how do I get financing? How do I uh, uh, apply for this? How do I get money? This is a good place to start. But think about it creatively. Don't think about, hey, I'm just going to go greet alone because they love me over there. Yeah, they do. And they're going to charge you for it. 
they're never going to give you uh, just zero percent interest at a bank. That's just not how they roll. That's that's not their model. So find all the other places that can give you some great uh, some great resources. So again, thank you for checking in for the Resist Book Sellers podcast. We are on episode five, just completed of uh, opening up a bookstore. The next episode, we're opening it up. So I'm gonna give you some tips and tools about how to handle that, how to make it a, a an explosive event, but at the same time make it the thing that is the catalyst that drives your your business higher. So as always, make sure to like and subscribe, leave a comment, share it with a friend. Uh, we'd love to see you uh, come back again for the next episodes, and then we're really looking forward to our next run, which will be more about different guides for different subgenres uh, for books that you we think books and authors we think you would love. So. Make sure to check us out. Resist Booksellers on your favorite podcast platform. But until next time, I'm Demetrius Frazier. See you soon.